Welcome to The Wounded Christian. I'm your host, John Piper. It's been quite some time since my last episode. There have been a number of reasons for that. And throughout this episode, I'm going to share one or two of those reasons. Today's episode is part three of a mini-series entitled Lies You've Believed. I'm continuing to share with you lies that I believed that either increased my hurt or hindered my healing. All of those lies seemed biblical when I was told them. All of those lies are things that Christians genuinely believe to be true. Most of these lies are based in some way on a scripture that has been misunderstood. If you've read the book, listened to previous episodes or heard me speak in church, you may have heard some of these before, but not in this depth. My healing started as God revealed to me that what I'd believed was wrong. As I started to understand the truth about pain and suffering and God's role in it, a weight was lifted from my shoulders. The truth was liberating. And it's that liberation that I want to share with you in this mini-series. Now, before I go into today's episode, I want to tell you something that happened since I recorded the last episode. In the last episode, I told you that I believe that there are times when God causes bad things to happen to us. If you haven't heard that episode yet, it's episode number 28. Go back and have a listen. I already told you that a lot has happened since episode 28 was recorded. That was in March, and it's now June. In April, I got a phone call from my haematologist, telling me it was time for my routine six-month blood test. As a quick reminder, I have a condition called ITP. It's an immune issue where my body kills my platelets, and I'd been in remission for nearly two years. So, it was time for my routine blood test. I wasn't worried because I was feeling fine, and so I put it off. It was a Thursday, and I'd taken the afternoon off work to go up to Amish country and do some shopping with Vicky. We were going to look at some chairs for around our fire pit outside. On the way, I got another reminder to get my blood test, and so we stopped at the clinic as we were passing. As I was driving, I got the test results. Now, I didn't look at them because I'm a good person, and I was driving so I don't look at my phone. But I still wasn't worried, as I was feeling absolutely fine. After parking the car, I looked at the results, knowing that they were going to be fine. But they were not. My platelet levels were low. They were dangerously low. They were the lowest they had ever been. They were at the point that if I'd cut myself, I wouldn't have been able to stop bleeding. At that moment, my phone rang. It was my doctor's office. They wanted me to come in the very next morning and had already called me in an emergency supply of steroids. You may not remember this from previous episodes, but something very similar had happened nearly exactly two years before. That time, we'd been just about to leave for vacation at the beach nearly 10 hours away. This time, we were planning a mission trip to Alaska a little bit more than 10 hours away. Last time my ATP came back, I didn't take it very well. I spent an entire night crying, screaming, silently so as not to wake Vicky, and cussing at God. I've grown a lot in two years. That's what happens when God takes you through a storm. And my reaction this time was very different. Very different. Instead of crying, Instead of screaming, instead of cussing at God, I was just mildly annoyed. 
But I wasn't even mildly annoyed at God. I was mildly annoyed because having to go pick up medication was interfering with that evening's plan. If you're in a recurring storm, I want you to take a moment to look back. Look back at how you've responded to the storm in the past. Has it changed? Have you changed? I'm in no way saying that things get easier. But I can see that I have a groan between then and now. And it isn't just me that's grown. Vicky has grown too. When I was first diagnosed with ITP, I was in a transition period and was about to change employers. I did not know what the health insurance was like at the new employer. And the treatment I was on was stupidly expensive. At the time, we were worried about our finances, and Vicky convinced me to put off changing jobs until after the treatment was finished, which was very wise of her. Well, when we got the test results in April, I was just about to give notice at work. I'd found another job, a better job, with more money, and it's more in line with the direction I wanted to go. But their health insurance was not going to start right away. I knew that if I had to go for the same treatment again, I would not be able to afford it. The total cost of this treatment is about three times what I make in a year. We have both grown. And this time, Vicky wouldn't hear of me putting off my new job. Our prayer to God was this. God, we don't understand this. You couldn't have picked a worse timing. But we trust that you know what you're doing. We're believing that you can increase John's platelet counts without the treatment. But if the treatment is needed, you will provide the money for it. We are taking a leap of faith. On that Sunday, we went to church and asked for prayer. The entire church prayed for me and for Vicky. The dose of steroids I'd been given lasted for four days. And once I was done with them, I went to see the doctor again. My platelets were just in the normal range. Vicky and I were praising God, but my doctor was not as confident. He wanted me to get the treatment. The treatment consists of a chemical being infused into my blood. It takes an entire day and gets repeated one day a week for four weeks. I could not afford to take time off work or pay for the treatment. But something was different this time. I had a quiet confidence that God had this and that I didn't need the treatment. I told the doctor that I wanted to wait and see what happened with my levels. He wasn't particularly happy and pointed out that if they dropped again, I'd need to go back on the steroids before treatment could start. He pointed this out because he knows how much I hate steroids. They turned me into the Hulk minus the muscles and the strength. I get angry, I get weepy, and I get a complete pain to be around. But I had a quiet confidence that God knew what he was doing. A week later, I went back for more tests, and my platelets were the highest they have ever been. My doctor was happy that I was back in remission, and I heard God say, see, I told you I had this. So now I've shared a little of what has happened since the last episode. 
I want to move on to the main point of this episode. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the lie that we need to stay where God has placed us because we should flourish where we're planted. I got my final inspiration for this episode at a For King and Country concert on Good Friday. In this episode, I will reference two of their songs. One is Burn the Ships and the other is Together. If you aren't familiar with them, I would suggest you take a listen on YouTube or wherever you get your music from. Vicky and I attended the same church for many, many years. It's the church I first came to in 2004 when I came to America. We met in that church, we were married in that church, and we nearly died spiritually in that church. Up until August of 2022, we were members of the church. We were very active members of the church. I was on the church council for a long time, and Vicky was the head of the women's ministry for a long time too. I'm not going into what caused our hurt in the church, because our hurt wasn't caused just by the church, but our healing was very much hindered by the church. Since we joined our new church in August of 2022, our healing journey has sped up. We've started getting involved again, and our relationship with people at the church is so much better. One day, Vicky was talking with someone at our old church and venting her frustrations with the way she was being treated. The response, which is one we'd heard before, was, Yes, but you will find the same issues at any other church. So, there is a phrase that sounds similar that has some truth to it. That phrase is, all churches have problems. But even that phrase is dangerous. The idea that all churches have the same issue is a complete lie. For a minute, I want to explain what the issue is that the church had that we left. I'm not bashing the church, I'm not condemning the church. I'm simply stating what I believe the issue was there and why the church has never grown. The issue the church suffers from is that there is no love. I want to take a look at the For King and Country song together for a second. Listen to these lyrics. If you're looking for hope tonight, raise your hand. If you're feeling alone and don't understand. If you're fighting in the fight of your life, then stand. We're going to make it through this hand in hand. And if we fall we will fall together. If we fall, we will fall together. I got you, my brother. I see you, my sister. And when we rise, we will rise together. This song came out in 2020, and I hated it. Why? Because there was no together in the church we were attending. In the worst part of our lives, we had fallen alone. Another phrase that goes along with, we need to stay where God has placed us because we should flourish where we are planted, is that if you see a problem, try and fix it rather than leaving. Over the years, Vicky and I and others in the church had tried to do things to bring people together. We tried to organize social events and young adult events. We tried fun things, spiritual growth things, work things. It didn't matter what we tried to organize. People did not show up. 
we'd voiced our concerns, and it had fallen on deaf ears. Other people organised social events to help people get to know each other, and again, no one showed up. Shortly prior to stepping down from her position as leader of the women's ministry, Vicky preached a message based on the story behind For King and Country's song, Burn the Ships. She spoke about breaking ties to the past that are holding us back. Not long after preaching that message, God told Vicky it was time to step down from her position as head of the women's ministry. But her loyalty to the women of the church meant that she delayed actually stepping down. Not long after preaching her message, Vicky's dad got sick. He'd had lung issues for years, a result of being in the military. But he'd never been really sick. He was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer, and it came as a huge shock. He went from being healthy to being very sick quickly. Much of Vicky's time was taken up with taking him to the hospital. God knew this was coming, and looking back, we realised that this is why God had told Vicky that she needed to step down from leading women's ministry. We went to the pastor, and Vicky told him that she was stepping down. Effective immediately, because God had told her to, and because of what was going on with her dad. The pastor's response was to tell Vicky that she needed to take a break, and that we would put her stepping down on the shelf for now, and wasn't willing to accept that she was actually stepping down. Yes, Vicky should have stepped down many months before, but when something like this happens, it isn't something that you plan ahead. The women's group did two things. They met together for a couple of events throughout the year, and they raised funds for the mission fund. The fundraising consisted of a bake sale at Easter and a rummage sale in June. In the May, I was at a council meeting, and they were discussing the rummage sale. This was a month after Vicky had stepped down. The pastor asked me to let Vicky know the details. When I asked why, I was told that she would need to know them for when she came back from her break. I am not, by nature, a confrontational person. I'm also not a very confident person. Over the years of that church, I'd become even less confrontational and even less confident. But at this point, I was seething. I stopped the meeting and I said to everyone there, What do you not understand? Vicky has quit. She's not on a break. Her father is dying. She will not be coming back to the women's group. Now, I thought that I got my point across, but I was apparently wrong. The week that Vicky's father died, there was a meal at the church that the women's group was organising. The woman that took over running the group contacted Vicky to ask if she was going to help with it. This lady was supposedly a friend of Vicky's. But the lack of love, compassion and understanding still blows my mind today. At one point or another over the past few years, Vicky and I have both wanted to leave the church. Just never at the same time. Whenever one of us has brought the subject up, the other has commented about the amount of time, effort and money that we've invested in the church. We'd also brought up the fact that Every church has issues. In June of 2022, we both agreed to start looking to see what other churches were out there. We're spoilt for choice in our town. There's a church practically on every corner. 
But some of them are very strange. Some don't share our beliefs. And some don't share our style of worship. We tried a number of churches, but kept coming back to the Wesleyan Church at the end of our road. The only thing we knew about this church was that their style of music wasn't the same and that they weren't as Pentecostal as our current church. Both of these were told to us by the same people who told us all churches have the same issue, so we probably shouldn't have listened to them. From the first time we walked in the door, we felt that the people in the church actually loved each other. I mean, really loved each other. When people were sick, the entire church prayed for them. The pastor knew what was going on in the lives of the folks in his church and encouraged others to pray for them. The style of worship may be a little less professional, but that's actually a good thing. People there are encouraged to develop their talent in leading worship, rather than having to be already at a professional level before they can stand on the stage. In the first two months there, the pastor preached maybe about two times, because there were people in the church with a message to share, and he was confident enough to encourage their development. For a long time, we'd been reluctant to leave our previous church, because we believed the lie that all churches have the same issue, meaning that the people in them do not really love each other. We had been so wrong. Looking back, I believe that when God told Vicky it was time to step down from leading the women's group, we missed something. He gave her a message to share with the ladies about burning the ships and cutting ties with things that were holding them back. I truly believe that we missed that God was talking to us about leaving the church. Being in a church where there is no love seriously hinders healing and makes hurt worse. Before we were wounded, Vicky was an outgoing person, willing to get up and speak and pray in front of people. Outside of church, I'd become an outgoing and confident person. But in church, we had both retreated into ourselves. We were tired of criticism and tired of being constantly shut down. Since joining the Wesleyan Church, our healing has sped up. Vicky has become more outgoing and I've regained much of my confidence. We're part of a mission trip going to Alaska in July and we have both stepped up to lead in areas we have felt we could be used. Over the past two weeks, I've had two older couples in church say that they are glad that we've joined the church and that we are a valuable addition to the family. This has been a huge blessing from God because it was the older people in our prior church that caused the most of the hurt. I don't want to brag about the church too much. I'm very aware that all churches have some issues. But God has brought us out of a church where there was no love into a church that truly loves each other. Vicky and I nearly didn't leave the old church. Even after we started looking for a new church, we kept coming back to, but God isn't telling us to leave. And that was true, but only partially. You see, God had told us to leave, and we missed it. And sometimes, God doesn't repeat himself. On Good Friday in 2023, we were at a for King and Country concert and they were singing together. 
As I always had in the past, I started to turn to Vicky and say, I hate this song. But this time I hesitated. For the first time in nearly 20 years, I could truly say I was in a church where people do not fall alone. So that's great. John and Vicky have found a church where they feel loved. But what does that have to do with you? Let me get to that now. I'm not telling you to leave your church. I'm telling you that you do not have to stay in a church, a relationship or a situation that is continuing to cause you hurt or hinder your healing just because you've invested time and effort in it. There is an accounting principle called sunk costs. The principle says, basically, that you can't account for things you spent last year this year. It means that last year's costs are just that, last year's. The same applies to you. It doesn't matter that you've invested time and effort into something. If it's hurting you or hindering your healing, it is okay to leave it in the past and start anew. If God is calling you out of something that is causing you hurt or hindering your healing, then don't delay. Don't put it off like we did. Yes, leaving is painful. But the healing that will come after the leaving will make up for that temporary pain. Sometimes God calls us to cut the ties that are holding us back. He isn't going to cut them for you. But if you don't cut them, then the sinking ship will take you down with it. If you are in a situation where you're staying because you have believed the lie that you need to stay where God has placed you because you should flourish where you are planted, I encourage you to go back to God and say, should I stay or should I go? If you've already felt the push to go, he may have already answered that question. But listen for his answer. And if he says leave, then don't second guess like we did. Leave. Find somewhere where there is love for God and love for others. They are out there. Shortly after recording this episode, we'll be heading for a mission trip to Alaska. It's the first big thing we've done since our wounding happened. Would you pray for us? We're excited about going. Pray that God would open doors for us to share our message of healing and restoration to anyone that might need it. And that we would make real connections with everyone that we meet. If you aren't already doing so, why not follow me on Twitter or Facebook? I'd like to hear from you about your healing journey and how it's going. You can find all of my contact information at www.woundedchristian.com on the Contact Us page, where we will also be posting videos and photos from the trip to Alaska.